0: Welcome to another episode of the Spiritually Persistent Entrepreneur with your host, Sharon Wilson, founder and chief inspiration officer of Coaching from Spirit Institute and master spiritual business mentor. The intention of this show is to provide transformational tips, tools, strategies, and resources that support and empower you to soar and shine in your business now. Enjoy.
1: Welcome everyone. I'm so excited you're listening in and I'm so excited for our guest today. In our talk today, she's going to be sharing about confrontation with truth in 2020. 22. You are going to be blown away by this interview. I'm so excited for our guest today. So let me introduce you to our amazing guest today. She's known as Dr. Purpose and the intuitive purpose catalyst to global leaders, especially the ambitious healing artist entrepreneurs. Using her intuition, extensive sales and content creation experience, and 23 years in business and expertise in scientific hand analysis and human design, she helps People discover and unleash their life purpose and then design your life around your purpose. That's what we want. So you can experience maximum fulfillment. She's a supporter of the Unstoppable Foundation, just like my child and and the Pachamama Alliance and is committed to bringing the life purpose mastery to creative entrepreneurs globally. She's been featured in Women's World, Cosmopolitan, LA Times and on NPR, Radio Europe, BBC Five and many others, and she's devoted to helping you unleash your life purpose and uncover the number one thing that's been holding you back from achieving it. I mean, I am so excited, beyond excited to have with us, Beth Davis. Beth is so excited to have you. Uh, It's so great to be here. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you. So um, as people know, when they're listening to my podcast, because I was given this download to start a podcast uh, in uh, 2019, um, I also was given the, the guidance that when I have my guests on, that I ask each guest the same question to start off, that what does being a spiritually persistent
2: entrepreneur mean to you? So Beth, can you share with us that? I believe being a spiritually Persistent entrepreneur is about deeply tuning into what your calling is, Mm. what your mission is, what your purpose is, and for myself, reminding myself of that each and every day and allowing my body and my mind to align with that purpose And it really is what pulls me forward in life. I I don't find that I actually have to be persistent. Mm. I need to be focused and enthused about what I'm doing. Mm. What I'm doing needs to be satisfying. And Mm. if it's not, I'm not going to have the stamina or persistence Mm -hmm. to carry on with it
1: that's I want everyone to put a pin in that because that is going to we're going to circle back around to that in our conversation here today. I know it. So Beth, can you share one challenge that stands out that you face that's helped you to
2: activate more of that in you? Well, I think the biggest challenge in my life has been in a sense, looking for love in all the wrong places. Mm. And the, the way I would interpret it now at age 53 is that in my childhood, the way I interpreted my environment was that I was in a sense to be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. at least initially. That changed when I got older, but, but the, there was a, a fair amount of unhappiness and dysfunction when I was very small. And given my uh, sensitive, uh, service-oriented personality, I thought, well, if I'm perfect and I'm good and I always get A's in school and I always make my parents proud and I'm always giving and helping, then I will be loved in return.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And later in life, this led to uh, breast cancer, um, a really nasty, unpleasant divorce, and I, I really got to see how I was victimizing myself, trying to uh, get love when the love was already there. The love is already there, and so I, I am now in a place of practicing. Uh, Self compassion, mm-hmm. and, and not comparing myself to other people, not comparing myself to my past or my fu- this imagined future, but but really honoring and embracing the fullness of who I am—the good, the bad, the ugly—embracing all of my emotions, all of my thoughts, all of my goals, and knowing that I've got to put that love that I was so over giving into everyone around me, the ex-husband, the stepkids, my clients, uh, the uh, partners after that, just giving and giving and giving to the point of exhaustion. Mm. And now it's about putting all that love into me, to my projects, to my business, into the success of my clients, and that gives me that persistence. It also has radically shifted my health. The cancer is almost gone. And mind you, I was dying with stage four metastatic cancer, and I knew I had to change everything. Where I was living, who I was associating with, um, how I was conducting my spirit, how I was conducting my energy. And so it has been a, uh, just such a profound journey. It continues to be such a profound journey towards this and into self compassion. So that's wow. what I can say has been the, it's so far the, the very biggest wow. learning. But, you know, the way I think of it is, awesome. that, you know, our bodies are messengers. And I gave up my breast, I gave up the pound of flesh, literally, because I had such poor boundaries. Mm. And weak people are actually kind of dangerous people, because weak people are dangerous to themselves, because they'll exhaust their circuits and get ill. And they're dangerous to others, because they, they aren't clear and they can't be trusted. Mm. And, and, and the, the deepest shadow of that would be dishonesty, manipulation. That was never really my forte, but I certainly see it in others where the, the, the unwillingness to really set boundaries with people, especially women, because they want to be good, and they forsake their own safety, security, well-being, simply to, to not rock the boat. Mm. You know, I see it w- with people dating, people trying to negotiate business contracts. They don't simply express what it is they want right up front. This is what I desire. These are my terms and conditions. These are my deal breakers. This is what I will tolerate. This is what I won't. And so the more that especially women can take back their power and stop being doormats and good girls and overgivers, givers, uh, breast cancer will be eradicated. Uh, that is the cause of breast cancer. And I I don't know a single person. I've never met a single person, woman with breast cancer who was out of integrity with her relationship with herself and the people around her. There was just a huge imbalance. Um, so, so that is, that's, that's just a little bit of my, my own discovery and awareness through all of this, everything's interconnected. And this idea that we can just treat Mm -hmm. the body and heal, it's not gonna cut it. I mean, what's actually allowing me to heal is how I'm using my energy. Yes. I'm on some medication. I don't really follow any kind of strict diet. No, I don't drink alcohol hardly twice a year. Um, I don't eat a lot of junk food for sure. I exercise. Yeah, I do all the things. You got to do all the things. You got to get enough sleep, drink enough water, of course. I mean, it, just not doing those things is just dumb. And I don't have a lot of patience with that either. You know, if you're like, oh, I don't have time. I'm like, listen, your body's your Maserati. Your body is actually what creates the life. The body is what creates life. The body knows automatically where to take you, where to remove you from, how to get all the tasks done and to do it without interference from the mind. So, wow, uh, yeah,
1: I would love to have you come back and talk more about that. Honestly, there's so many people that are, you know, going through that journey. And I know that's that may not be a Well, I do think it's absolutely connected to everything you're talking about. So, Uh so like I said, I'd love to have you come back on that. Let's, um, I've just got goosebumps talking to you. I mean, I just know some powerful things are being activated in people and just for your journey. And we just really send you, you know, such, um, healing energy. And we're just holding that vision that, you know, you're absolutely on the other side of all of this. And, and just, you know, together as a group, we're just holding that support for you and everyone who's going going through any of the any journey at all in that respect um so that they can really feel that they have you know they have a, a a group energy of intention that we're holding so i i really appreciate you being so um transparent with that and so powerfully uh activating for people so let's segue into you know this new year i mean what a great year for you what a great year you know for us all because we're all healing right we're all coming through whatever it is that that you know is our divine curriculums and things that we are um, experiencing so one of the things that we were talking about was this whole idea of motivational transference I say that correctly it's it's motivation and transference. motivation and transference so yeah let's kick off with that if you don't mind because you've got some really exciting things that we were talking about that have really kind of um, come to you that are you know pulling a lot of things together with the work that you do in human design. So maybe you can just share some of those things. So why don't we start with motivation and transference and you know, that how that all is involved with the confrontation with truth in 2022?
2: Sure. In the human design system, there's an aspect called the variable. And it's not something that people are usually first introduced to with human design it's it's something a little bit later down the road of uh, that I recommend um, people start exploring in their chart is this is the variable and the variable is, in essence, beneath the DNA. So in our DNA, there, there's this uh, these concepts of base, tone, and color. And the way the base, tone, and color work is they're actually interacting with our environment. There are particles uh, that come mostly from the sun, and a bit of them come from the planet Jupiter called neutrinos. And when scientists first postulated there were these neutrinos, uh, they they thought maybe that they traveled at the speed of light, that there was some kind of light function. But through further studies, it was discovered that the neutrinos actually move slower than the speed of light and therefore carry data. And these they're like tiny little microchips uh, from the sun and Jupiter that are passing through our body 24-7. And de- depending on your body, uh, when you were born, where you were born, these uh, particles impact you in a particular way and they go through your own DNA and a series of repetitive functions happens, which is pretty amazing. Wow! Yeah. And one of the aspects of this is called motivation. Hmm. And motivation from the perspective of human design It's part of the variable and it is about how your mind is meant to operate correctly. For example, there are, there are six motivations and uh, they are uh, fear, hope, desire, need, guilt, and innocence. And I won't go through all of them right this moment, but mm-hmm. suffice to say, I ha- I'll give this example. I have the motivation of desire when I'm correct. Mm-hmm. And the motivation of desire is all about getting things done in the material world. So my life works best when I am checking things off the to-do list and moving through time and space, doing, 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 and motivating other people around their desire. Now, every motivation, the six motivations, each of you, each of the listeners, you, Sharon, you have a specific motivation to your design. And the motivation does something very interesting because it's the it's color and color changes. Right. If you think of the color in the rainbow color changes and what happens in our mind is it it moves between a binary, it moves between opposites desires, desire transfers, it's called transference, not not exactly the same as the psychological term of transference that happens, say in a therapeutic setting. It's the colors transferring. And so each of our desires can, or excuse me our motivations can actually go into this transference and go to this opposite pole where we are incorrect. Now, in my experience, observing myself and working with thousands and thousands of clients over these many years in business, I think it's coming up on 24 years, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's wild to me. It's been that long. We're Um, we're
1: sisters. We're 24 sisters.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Coming up on that time. Yeah. Is that the majority of pain in people's lives is from the transference. Mm it's this behavior where we we become dumb become we become quite stupid actually and we cannot see clearly and thus we cannot function clearly we don't make decisions correctly and we really bung things up so the motivation for me of desire it's transference is innocence so i want to give you an example of what this mm-hmm. would mean okay so when my mind is correct I'm working in the frequency of desire, which is very physical, practical. It's about organizing. It's about bringing things into form. It's about getting things done. Now, not everyone has this motivation. And of course, they might be trying to operate that way. It's not going to work. But for all the people that have the motivation of desire, it's so much about what do you really want and are you really getting what you want? Mm -hmm. And it transfers over into innocence and innocence is the frequency of this isn't about me. I'll just hang back. I'll just observe. I won't push my agenda. I won't state my desires. I will be passive. Mm -hmm. Now where this shows up for me the most is in my interpersonal relationships, which ties back into the cancer. This is all part of a thing in not clearly stating my desires, needs, boundaries, intentions, goals, in all of my relationships, as the way my mind operates, as my communication is designed to operate. And I go into innocence. Now, innocence can take lots of different forms. When I was younger, I would get very defensive. Right. I didn't want it to be my fault. Now I'm not defensive. I, I tell people, give me the feedback. I, I don't need to, I don't have really any reaction to it, except thank you, because the prosperity is in the feedback but that's because I know that the feedback is going to help me achieve the desires. But when I'm in innocence, it's hear no evil, see no evil. I don't, I don't want to know. Um, I'm just going to be passive and I'm going to let someone else take care of it. I'm going to let someone else lead. And, and this is particularly harmful for me, say in a, in a romantic relationship mm-hmm. um, because the person might be actually attracted to the innocent presentation. Oh, she's so easygoing and so passive and so receptive. And it's like, man, not really. It's really not how I'm wired. I'm very, very yeah, I, I'm very, very Yang in a very female body. And I, I think I'm very balanced that way. But my my, my mind driver is very Yang. It's very masculine. It's very active. And when I operate from there, my life is wonderful. And the relationships feel good. And it also weeds out all the people that want me to be that passive sounding board, to never speak up when they're acting out, to never set a boundary, to never question them, to never confront them. And I, I looked back at my marriage. And I went, Oh, my God, like, I just made it all about trying Mm. to get along to go along and go with the flow. And, oh, it's not really my fault. And I'm being punished. And I'm the victim. And I can look back at it. And I just I shudder. Whereas had I gone into that, well, I might have not even ended up divorced actually, or I actually going even further back, we probably wouldn't have gotten married mm, had I been in my that. desire, right? Like mm-hmm. retracing okay. my steps, right. I would have spoken up a lot sooner in that relationship. And I think we would have quickly found we were better off, really better off friends. I mean, I, uh, he was a one, he was, he's still one of my favorite people in terms of a friend, but we weren't really compatible Romantically, although we looked good together, and in our minds it should have worked, but it wasn't really fulfilling my desire. Uh, so this is the this is the potency of just this one component of human design is to understand what motivates your mind. And here's what's also interesting: your motivation, Sharon, when you're using it correctly, is also how you're meant to communicate with other people. So people get very frustrated with me. Let's say if I were to, to, to go into coaching and do it the way Mar- Martha Beck does it, my clients would be like, why am I here? Now, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she probably has a different motivation. But I've read many, many articles and, and books and things by Martha Beck. And mm-hmm. her whole approach to coaching, at least it used to be, you know, she'd spend three, four months just listening to someone before, you know, she'd even ask too many questions. Mm -hmm. Well, that works for someone whose motivation is innocence because they're there to be the receptor. And then once they've received enough, then they can reflect it back. But if someone hired me and I was operating that way, and that's a lot of what they teach in coaching school, the client has all the answers. And I'm like, no, they don't. They absolutely (laughs) don't have all the, the the hell they do. (laughs) Why are they there? They don't have all the answers. I mean, we have the power within us to shift, but there's so much all of us don't know. I don't have all the answers inside me. It's absurd, but it's not absurd from the perspective of someone whose motivation is innocence. It's actually correct. It's correct for that person. So this is where we can create magic in our lives or absolute destruction. So can I give you another example? Yeah, I love it. All right. So I have a friend and he had a very prestigious career that he horribly sabotaged, just dismantled it uh, because of his addiction. And his motivation is fear, fear. It's the first motivation, fear. And I'll talk about what it is in a moment. The transference of fear is need, N-E-E-D. So when someone's correct in fear, they become investigators. They they want to confront the truth, our theme today. They want to get to the bottom of things. So they will dig into the situation. The idea of fear is that it's telling us there's a lot that's unknown. That's, that's what triggers fear is the unknown. And, and what we're meant to do with fear is turn over every rock, mm-hmm. is to dig in, is to investigate. That's the person's job. The transference is, it's all about me. I have to get my needs met. Um, I'm hungry. I'm going to stuff my face with junk food, or I need a blunt, or I need a line of cocaine, or I need another woman to have sex with, whatever. Mm -hmm. Dumb, dumb need, right? Stupid need. And that will turn the person into, ready for it, an addict, Mm-hmm. But not in the positive sense, because I was mentioning to you before this interview, um, it, there's there's more and more research coming out that addiction is actually a normal, healthy process. Our brain is actually wired to addict itself to things. It's just a matter of what are you addicting yourself to? Are you addicting yourself to positive work and working out and being a good parent and being, you know, I, like I'm addicted to honesty? Mm hmm. I'm addicted to the truth. I want to get to the bottom of things. And I, I can't, I, I just can't deal with people that that don't want to deal with the truth. Like it's just so boring to me. Mm-hmm. So this this gentleman, you know, sabotaged his career and uh had to leave that career. And then he like kept it a secret. Didn't want anyone to know. He was afraid that if people found out about what he'd done, right, he 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 would he would not be loved. And so his need then became hiding his fear. You with me? Mm -hmm. Hiding his fear. So I don't know if he ever made the decision, you know, we've lost touch. I don't know if he made the decision to say, you know, why do I keep sabotaging things? I need to get to the bottom of this. But should he decide to do that, his life will transform.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Yeah. But as long as he's just fixated on, uh, you know, his next binge or his next blunt or his next woman, right, he never gets to using his mind correctly. And now here's the kicker. Mm-hmm. If you don't use your mind correctly, your life will never work and you will and never is a really big word mm-hmm. and you will never, ever, ever, ever fulfill your life's purpose. It's that important. It's that important. Now, there are other aspects of human design that can get you going in that direction. But this concept of the mind is so important because we're so in our heads in this world today. Mm -hmm. And and people so overthink things and overanalyze and try to figure out their own lives. And that's not what the mind is for. The mind is here to is to see clearly through the lens of motivation, so that you think
1: clearly—that's
2: mm-hmm. its whole purpose. So, uh, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, a big
1: part of human design is—see, um, if, if I'm understanding this correctly—is supporting us to be able to use our mind correctly. Is that right? Yes.
2: But, well, yeah. it's one aspect. One aspect because
1: mm-hmm.
2: the the mind. Isn't there to figure out your life? Mm -hmm. That's not what it's for. Your body knows how to live the life. The degree of surrender required is more than most people are capable of. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm living in New Jersey, and people give me shit about that all the time. Like, why are you in New Jersey? And I'm like, because my body led me here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in New Jersey because um, life took me here. Mm -hmm. And it's perfect for right now. I don't know where my body will lead me next. I might end up living here my whole life. I might move to Ireland. I don't know. But this is where my body wanted to take me. Now, the way the body's able to do this is by people being in resonance with their internal guidance, which in human design is strategy and authority, which is not a mental process it's a physical emotional instinctive process we have a, a I'm an emotional decision maker some people make decision through sound some people make decision through intuitive knowing or hits those intuitive hits mm-hmm. um, I get great intuitive hits but I cannot make my decisions from there, I watch the d- hits come in, and then I still have to d- defer to my emotional process. There were people that make decisions through heart through desire, you know, there's a saying: "Follow your heart." Well, mm-hmm. that only works for people whose authority is the heart. Um, mm-hmm. If I follow my heart, it'll be an un, unprecedented disaster um, of the tenth order. So we don't do that anymore. Um, there are people who are here to make decisions uh, through hearing the sound of their own voice. So they need other people simply to listen to them. That's it. Listen to them. The person hears what they're saying. And then they know what they're thinking, and then they know what they need to do. So, so this is this is uh, you know quite a watershed for humanity to be able to parse out and separate the function of the body and the mind. The body makes the decisions. It's instinct. It's awareness. It's sensory. It doesn't require thinking. Although your mind will certainly contribute right, to the decision-making process, think of it this way, your mind is a board of directors and, uh, or your life has a board of directors, right, your council, your spiritual guides, whatever you want to call it. And one of the, the members of this board of directors is your mind. Oh, that's a good one. And, but your mind doesn't have voting proxy. It doesn't have voting rights. It doesn't get a vote. Okay. at the council. It is there to observe and to communicate its perspective to feed into the decision-making process, but it isn't meant to be the the decision-maker. So here would be another example of that. Let's say you're struggling with a really big decision. Uh, You've been given two amazing media proposals for your podcast, right? So Oprah's company wants to pick you up and add you to their, her network. Pretty great mm-hmm. opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. And then let's say, I don't know, serious satellite radio comes along and they, they want you. Mm-hmm. And both of these companies want exclusive rights and you have a real dilemma. You have a real dilemma because they're get both giving you great contract. Uh, the contracts are pretty similar. The pay is pretty similar. Your responsibility is pretty similar. The exposure is similar, right? It's like right. these are just both amazing opportunities. Mm-hmm. There's really no red flags you've done your homework, you've talked with several of the other hosts, they're thrilled with how the shows are going, you got to meet Howard Stern, you get to talk to Oprah's rep, like you're feeling really happening, right? You're excited. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, my goodness, my messaging is going to get out to a way more people. This is thrilling. I mean, it's a dream. Mm -hmm. Your mind says, okay, well, how are we going to make this decision? Well, we'll we'll talk to a lot of people, we'll make pros and cons lists, and we'll do all this research. And then if your mind tries to make the decision, or you flip a coin or something stupid like that, you know, uh, break a chicken, uh, chicken wishbone, (laughs) you know, you're really going to be up up the creek without the paddle. And instead, with human design knowledge, you go into the body, you go into your strategy and authority. So, so if, I, I don't know, I don't have your chart up in front of me, but, but let's just say for hypothetical sake, you're yeah. also emotional authority like myself. Okay. And that's 50% of the population. You would be having likely all sorts of emotions about these two opportunities. And the challenge would be, to ask yourself, what is my emotional climate around the Oprah Mm -hmm. offer? And what's the energy around the serious radio offer? Mm -hmm. And then riding the wave of your emotions. So you're probably going to move through elation, despair, confusion, fear, grief, the whole thing. And the thing with emotional people is learning how to make space. Like I have my whole life set up now for my emotional wave because yesterday I was really in the dumper. I was so in the can. I thank God had a really open day and I used that time to journal and meditate. I, I spoke with my spiritual counselor and I woke up this morning and I got out of bed. I put up the Christmas tree. I started cleaning before the cleaning people come in a couple hours um, <laughs> um, I just was back. I was back at it. And so the thing with um, this, this decision-making process is you would essentially have to go through the emotional journey, which takes time to make the decision. Now, one thing that can force your hand is if there's a deadline. So mm-hmm. here's what's tricky. So maybe Oprah's team says we need to know by next Friday and Sirius Radio says we need to know in three weeks. Well, let's say it gets to be next Friday and you're still not sure. Well, you still should not make a decision. You'll shoot yourself in the foot. Mm-hmm. You have to say to Oprah's team, I I need more time. Can you give me more time? Which Oprah's team would certainly I,
1: understand. I bet they would. And they might say,
2: well, <laughs> you know, we have one other I'm person, waiting for a download. Right, Oprah's right. Team. I've got to wait for it. We're waiting. Yeah. We're, and there's one more person in the running to you. Okay. And and um, they've told us they want to go ahead with it, but- but you have right of first refusal because you're the first person we came to. All right. Well, great. Well, how much time do I have? Well, we can give you five days. You're like, okay, I'll let you know in five days. Perfect. Okay. And the serious radio, you don't really need to worry about yet. So let's say you get to day five and you just feel it mm-hmm. and you go, Oh my God, I have to go with serious radio. Mm-hmm. Now there might have been a lot of intervening things, or you get to that day five and you're like, yep, yeah, I'm going with Oprah. I'm going with the Oprah contract but there's a place of clarity that you come to mm,
1: mm-hmm. I, so, I, I, goosebumps. I totally
2: understand what you're saying. Right. So when this is what's space, different, right? Yeah. So when you use your mm-hmm. mind correctly and we're talking, there's many aspects of human design that reflect the mind, but the motivation is really critical. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're in, but the let correct- me ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. This, okay. Because
1: my understanding is then, so once you better understand human design, then you understand where your motivation aspect is, then you're able to navigate this with these situations in your life. Is that That's
2: right? Absolutely. Okay, now it. we can, we could do this construct of putting a number of these variables together mm-hmm. in the human design system. hmm and come up with a similar awareness. Uh, I do think that the the magic of human design is its capacity to help you be correct in your life. Mm. And one of the issues for about half of humanity is an aversion to confronting truth. Wow. actually an aversion to confrontation itself and to the truth and right. confrontation usually is about getting to a deeper truth so you, you know mm-hmm. you're at you're working in a company and your boss confronts you and says hey joe you were supposed to have this done yesterday by five and it wasn't what happened well if joe is okay with confrontation and truth he might say he he might say oh my god i forgot it's actually done. Let me go let me send you the report right now. I meant to send it before I left. or he might he might lie and and say, oh, my computer crashed and I, I have one more page to do and he hasn't done anything uh, if he's the you know the other type of person. So uh, one of the things with being correct in our mental motivation uh, is that it enables us to see, the truth, and so when confrontation comes our way, we can speak the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And when people awesome. run from confrontation and run from truth, it's so not self as is a term in human design. It's so incorrect. Mm-hmm. I, I'm at a point where I have almost zero patience with it. I I, uh, I remind myself to be patient, but I, 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 remind all my clients and I remind myself, if you want your life to work, you better figure out how to be good at confrontation. Mm. It is an essential skill. Sure. One of the problems in our culture is this aversion to anger, mm-hmm. an inability to handle people when they're angry, an unwillingness to feel one's anger, um, And anger is is an indicator of where things are hidden, where boundaries have been crossed, uh, where truth is being denied and there's nothing wrong with anger and rage when it's handled appropriately. So, you know, going for a run, punching the punching bag, journaling it out, screaming into a pillow, screaming into the water in the bathtub. You know, I, I would, I still will, I'm such an emotional person. I, I sometimes will drive around with Metallica playing and scream at the top. I mean, I can scream. I can't practically make, I've never tried it. I bet I could get the glass to break. I mean, I can scream in such a horrifying way, and it feels so good. But I don't do it with anyone around me, right? The scream isn't for anyone but me to off energy. And I will tell you, most people are so petrified of anger. And they have all these judgments about anger, like don't get angry and don't go to forgiveness and go to forgiveness. And it's like, I can't get to forgiveness until I get to my rage. So confrontation, I would say to everyone listening, face your truth, face Mm. your lies, or else you're going to have something very bad happen. You will get sick, possibly die. You will go bankrupt. You will have someone betray you. Um, Your business will go under. You will crash your car. I mean, all manner of horrific things happen to people when they're unwilling to face the truth. And there's no way around it in this life. Again, you'll never, ever, ever, ever fulfill your purpose if you lie to yourself. And you'll never, ever, ever be of resource to other people if you're just tiptoeing around being a good girl, not wanting to upset anybody, um, not using your mind correctly. So to just sum it up. Cause I know we're coming to the end of our time. Oh my gosh. I need to have you back.
1: This is so, <laughs> I could talk to you all day, but oh. this is so powerful, especially for this year. Yes. And you know, I mean, I, I we've just started on one of the points we talked about, we were going to talk about, and I just really, I just so appreciate your insights and just, you know, how you're really just sharing things at such a transparent level. It just is. I'm really, really getting it myself and, and you know and 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 I really didn't have any real concept of human design until until we invited you to be on you know that really I really wasn't in my sphere at all but now I'm it's really coming to a better understanding of how this can really support us you know and really empower us and so I just I really do appreciate it so yes yeah, sum up something and then you've got something that you want to offer people that really begins to start to show them how to incorporate this in in some ways around their core purpose in their business so which uh, you know our entrepreneurs would love to hear more about so yeah if you can and then we just absolutely need to have you back I would love really that
2: thank that. you Sharon I'd love you that too. so to tie it all together mm-hmm. a number one is self-love
1: yes.
2: but I'd like to put a caveat and say that even the concept of self-love can be uncomfortable for people because they can confuse it with having arrogance, right? Or being Mm self-centered. So a term I prefer as a way to ease into really loving oneself is Mm self-compassion. And self-compassion is is this honoring of the fullness of who you are, your Mm -hmm. mistakes, your talents, your shortcomings, just really understanding you are a unique being you're a gem in this world there is no one like you you are unique you're not special but you're unique no one is special everyone's unique i try to remind myself and and you're not special no one's better than anyone else you know people say right don't you know who i am it's like yeah you're you're a human like me and you're not special but you're unique so tell me more about who you are um So self-compassion is the the baseline. And then from there, what is your strategy and authority? What is your strategy for dealing with your environment? This is a human design term. What's Mm -hmm. coming at you in the environment? And then what's your authority for making decisions? Now, there are a couple human design types, uh, excuse me, human design decision-making processes that don't have actually an inner Uh, physical authority. It's very much about the person's interface with their environment. But nevertheless, there are eight decision-making styles in human design. You find how you make decisions, and then you invite your mind to the boardroom to sit Mm -hmm. at the board of directors table. And you remind your mind ongoing, be correct mind in your motivation. So for me, what gets me through each day with tremendous success is when I wake up in the morning, what do I want? What do I need to do? And I literally like pop out of bed and I just start. And my body does it with really, I'm not even thinking. Like today Mm -hmm. I got about five hours of work done in about two hours. Mm -hmm. And it was because my body was just doing it. I was like, oh, we're going there. Okay. All right. Well, we're going downstairs again. Okay. I, I just let my body do its thing. And here I am on the call with you, right? It's like, Oh, I have an interview. Got to get ready for that. Now. It's just, the body knows what to do Mm. and, and keeping your mind focused on what it's designed to do. So if your motivation Mm. is fear, you're investigating all the things. If your motivation is hope, you're, you're, you're feeling hopeful. You're becoming a good observer. If your motivation is desire, you're like me. You're getting organized. You're being practical, and so on and so forth. And then you learn to watch for that transference, which is the not self that that wants to move away from confrontation and truth. Mm-hmm. It, that's that's exactly what it's avoiding. If I could put a put a, like a, a a highlight around, big highlight mm-hmm. over it. What you're avoiding with your mind is the confrontation with the situation and getting to the truth. That is the the whole deal with life. This is life in a nutshell. And when your mind's correct, it can get to the truth and it can confront whatever comes your way because confrontation isn't just about difficult conversations, confrontation is about facing oh maybe you have a bad eating habits or you know you haven't talked to your mother in six months and you really need to patch that relationship up whatever it is Mm -hmm. it's it's the willingness to deal with what is in an authentic compassionate and truthful manner no matter what and the reason people don't heal And if you want to learn more about this, go see Carolyn Mace and read all her books. I love Carolyn Mace. The reason people (laughs) don't heal is they're freaking liars. They're Mm. liars. They lie to 90% of people lie 90% of the time. Just remember that. They mostly lie to themselves, but people tell lies all day long. So I don't even I don't even believe what people tell me anymore. I just check in with my body because people are just so full of it. Lying, 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 lying. And it's like this running from the truth. So when you get your mind correct, lying becomes a real problem. Because you understand, oh wow, when I confront situations, when I find the truth, when I live the truth, when I I allow my mind to inform my decisions correctly, my life feels amazing. I have compassion for myself. And one of the most beautiful things of all is there, but for the grace of God, go I. Mm. I can look at someone else and my heart has no judgment, total acceptance, Mm. total compassion for every single person. So I always say to people, if you can find a way to forgive Hitler and the Mm. people like Hitler without excusing their behavior or their destruction you're really figuring out the secret to life mm, wow Goosebumps. so i'll leave you with that
1: that is wow that is powerful and that's why we'll definitely have you back <laughs> to go into that next uh component well um i i know you have something i was asked people oh, to oh yeah yeah it i'll it.
2: give you that and Can i really i just link? looked at the time because i got to bounce and go to another call yeah um, for sure So you have the link. What we're going to give out is a report called Business by Design. And it's a report about how to use human design for structuring your business. Mm -hmm. And um, I've actually updated the report. And... it goes into the the business model inherent in human design, totally different conversation than what we did today, right? totally different structure, but I think people will find it super, super useful, and uh, Sharon I thank you for this time, uh, every time I do an interview my mind makes more connections. Mm -hmm. This is really how my mind works actually is in the moment, uh, having conversations with people. That's how I connect the dots. I'm not, I'm, I can sort of do it on my own, but it's much better if I'm in conversation. So thank you for this opportunity. And, uh, I look forward to our next conversation.
1: Thank you so much. And everyone, we're just so grateful for you and we see you living lives of love and joy and peace, health and prosperity in all ways, always see you back here
0: next time, everybody. Do you hate selling yet love to be of service in my free masterclass? You will discover three soulful secrets to client conversations that feel joyful, easy, and fun using these secrets. One of my clients made $8,000 in one week and another client made $100,000 in less than six months. Register now at www.coachingfromspirit.com slash masterclass.